It's like those are documented real things. It's not just something that's made up. Dinosaurs are documented too. I've never seen one of those either. I don't know if they You don't believe in dinosaurs? Welcome to the One Step Better podcast. Designed for business owners and leadership teams who love tackling the challenges of growing their business head on. Each week, we discuss the problems, triumphs, and day-to-day experiences we are facing as business leaders. Let's jump right in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me this week is our great friend, Matt Patrick. Matt, welcome. What's up, man? How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Question of the week. It's going to be a fun one. I'm not going to ask you yet, though. Okay. That's because hiring is difficult, and and dealing with people is difficult, and finding the right people is difficult. Uh, And so it is one of the most important things a company can do is get the right people in the right seats and equip them and unleash them to do their job and make a difference in this world. And in today's times, uh, probably unlike other, you know, uh, unlike other times in the most recent past, it is difficult to find the right people uh, in any roles. And we are seeing this, especially in a lot of the service industries, whether it's restaurants or retail or whatever it may be. I know that um, I deal with this a lot with home care companies, whether they're home health hospice, whatever it may be, is finding the right qualified people is a really difficult place uh, in, in this world is right now. hard. It is difficult. It's extremely difficult. And beyond that, it is frustrating. Can so, be. so we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, about that problem. We're going to come up with some of the things that we think may be causing this and some, maybe hopefully walk away with some things that you could do a little bit different if you are a leader uh, of an organization that has some hiring decisions. Yep. But but we have to start with something a little bit lighter um, that may be a little bit too uh, too much over the, over the top. Yep. So tell me, Matt, have you ever had a supernatural encounter or experience there was just one time that i got stand up and this you know i've never had the experience but the universe is a really big place i i often wonder if we're like the really small ant and there's another world like that's dr seuss right i think it's like we're the small thing and there's something really big above us and we're like don't even know that they exist this is just a giant snow globe yeah i often wonder because i'm like Perspective would change a lot there. I can't imagine we're the only ones, but it seems like odd that it that we would have not found them by now. I like, want to believe, and I don't want to believe yeah, at the same know. time. What do you What do you think? What do you do? I uh, no, I've never, 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 never. I've never. Well, you ever been probed by an alien? Have you? Ever, so there's a great <laughs> SNL skit. Uh, I think it's Kate McKinnon that's in it, and it's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh my I goodness, see that. she's a redneck kind and of. And yes, yeah, it's good. and everybody it. starts like anyway. Um, no, I've never had a supernatural experience. I would love to be out in the woods hiking someday, and come across a Sasquatch, <laughs> and just have like Bigfoot walking by. That's not a supernatural. Though, hey, right? how's that's it just going? A weird, you know, weird animal that's we never. Oh, I think that would be so cool though. Do you or believe not. in Bigfoot? What about the Loch Ness monster? Do you or do you fall I for any of these? No, no, but the giant squid thing, I I do. I think there's some animals that we don't see that they're too deep in the, the giants. Like those are documented real things. It's not just something that's made up. Dinosaurs are documented too. I've never seen one of those either. I don't know if they you don't believe in dinosaurs. Uh, me and Kyrie Irving, great. Right? Oh no, my I, goodness. You know, I, I do believe in it's dinosaurs. the world flat. <laughs> you know who I want to hire? I want to hire a Sasquatch. <laughs> and so if you ever come across a collections, Sasquatch collections, we're going to hire them for collections or sure. for, you know, 
moving muscle and around. that's simply because hiring is difficult hiring is difficult that's right <laughs> and so we're going to get back on topic okay uh so so hiring people is you know we joke around but i truly would hire a sasquatch if that was a thing all right, all right that'd be cool but hiring is difficult um we find this all over the place in all the different types of companies that we work with uh regardless of industry, regardless of service sector. It's all, even our own organization as a whole, we find it difficult to, to hire people. What, what do you think are causing some of those issues? We, we've talked about before. I, I think people have choices today. Um, the idea that I have to go work in the location right next to where I live in a production environment where I'm like, let's say, you know, manufacturing steel or coal or, um, working in some kind of plant or factory. Those days are gone. We don't do that stuff in America anymore. <laughs> so everything we do is service-based service businesses. Um, the internet has changed how we work and where we work. And I think that flexibility got enhanced over the last couple of years. I don't know if necessarily it wasn't already there, but it definitely triggered, like, I have to make a change anyway. Well, might as well make that change today. Um, the pool of of who you can work for and where you want to work at um, is bigger than it's ever been. And you're kind of seeing a sorting of the ways of, hey, this is a terrible place to work and I don't like who I'm working with and I don't like what I'm doing. Oh wait, I don't have to do this job. I wouldn't say our overall employment numbers have really dramatically changed. I mean, I know that the numbers are down, but I bet you if you looked at the actual true number in the long term, the workforce hasn't changed, it just has moved and shifted. It's gonna be a little blip. Yep, I, I think so. Um, I don't know that. This is my own philosophy. I would say that in our world, our clients, but also ourselves, the ability to be flexible and use technology to the best of its abilities has allowed us to have a large, larger pool to hire from. Also, that we've made, us internally, we've made hiring difficult a little bit intentionally mm -hmm. uh, from the standpoint of, we have a very specific type of person that we want working here. And, you know, if, if this was just simply any warm body could fill the seat, hiring, hiring probably isn't as difficult there. But as, as we've narrowed that down to, we want this profile, this person with this experience that has this skill set. you know, anytime you add a qualifier there, it's going to start to make that funnel a little bit smaller. It's just like marketing. I mean, we talked about this with intention. We talked about this before in a previous podcast, which is the idea of being intentional with your, with your ideal client profile. Right. And so we have an ideal client that we think we can best serve. And we want that to be the case that we attract and get those types of clients hundred percent of the time. That doesn't always happen. I think it's the same with recruiting in that we have an ideal employee profile that we're going to be really intentional about, which means we're picky and the process is going to be arduous to get into our sphere. But once you do, we, we have a high chance of success, which is what we want. Yeah. And, you know, some of the ways that I, I've seen people try to make that hiring difficulties a little bit easier is they have, re, I guess, reduced their standards. They've, they've started to think you through a little bit. You have a body and you can fog a mirror, you're hired. I don't know. We, have, we don't really deal with a ton of people that go that far. Um, we have some. We have a couple but, clients. Yeah. <laughs> we have a couple clients like, okay, I guess but this person showed up for the interview. I've seen, <laughs> you know, I've seen more along the lines of, I need a person that can do X, Y, Z skill set and they have ABC character qualities. 
And that may have turned into, I'm looking for one person that only has XYZ skill set. I'm looking for another person that has ABC character qualities. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen some organizations that have just kind of, I don't know, thrown up their hands is the right way of saying it, but almost just resigned to the fact that it's going to be difficult. And they've tried to come up with some creative ways around, I need people and something has to give here in order to get people. This person can do the job. They may not be best for my organization and I'm willing to live with that. Yeah. I would hope that we are not willing to live with that. Right. That's a mm-hmm. scary road to go down. Yep. You've let crazy in the building or you've let a culture cancer into your building. You've decided to change your culture to fit that person. You've it's a short-term fix Correct. that can cause some long-term issues. Correct. Yeah. Thankfully, we we try not to do that. We try not to. But for some reason. And stuff happens. You gave me we a job. And, I know. Mike's <laughs> still working here and we can't fix that. Can't today. get rid of me. You're fired, Mike. Yeah. You're still rehired. Please come back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the problem. And, and, and <laughs> do we need to report that into the uh, labor statistics? No. Um, so, you know, finding people is, you know, we talk a lot internally about finding people, the right person, the right way is kind of part of our sales and marketing functions more than it is an HR function. It needs to be. It, it, yeah. But because the idea that, you know, we post a now hiring sign on a billboard or on our, you know, marquee that's out front and say that that's our recruiting efforts in today's world, that's not good enough anymore. No. We have no. to go out and try to find the people that are going to best serve our customers and our clients and try to entice them any way possible to come and work for us. Very much so. I mean, and we've talked about this a lot, which is the idea of, I think recruiting the way we've traditionally done it historically has been equivalent to inbound marketing, which is we have really cool ads or we have an ad up at Indeed or whatever you want to say. And when somebody finds that ad and come reaches out to us, We'll take that and we'll see if they're the right fit for the job. The reality of this, this needs to be an outbound sales strategy of we're going to go recruit for the best people available. We're going to be intentional with how we're going to do that. So that could be going to events like we do on the marketing side. We're going to career fairs. We're going to um, uh, meet the firms at different universities around the area. This could be, hey, how do we attract and uh, make sure people know that we're looking for people in this role? It could be asking for referrals, which is asking for our employees. It could be asking for clients. It could be asking our network. Same thing, outbound marketing strategy to go find the best people to work for our team. In that same vein, you, you know, you talk about the marketing strategy piece of that. A lot of times our sales team will sell a deal. They'll bring on a new client because that person we're talking to, they, they need a service that we have, but they also, they know us, they trust us and, and they're going to buy from us based on mm-hmm. that. Employee referrals are great places to get more people into your recruiting funnel because your employees have people that they know and people trust them and they can go out and say, Hey, you know, buddy, that may be a good, it's a really good place to work. You should like working here. Yeah. And so, you know, I think one of the solutions for how difficult hiring it's, it can be at times is to try to incentivize your, your workforce that you currently have to go and bring in those friends, those people that they know, leverage your, their networks and your incentivize Your best that. employees, they always say, what well, you're the average of the five people you hang around or whatever. I don't know how that works, but you're one of those things. Nate Bargatze may have said, so I'm not sure. That oh, goodness counts. gracious. Because <laughs> who knows if it's actually true. <laughs> anyway, that being said, is it's like your, it, the right employees are going to be more than likely friends with people that should be similar to them yeah. in style. If you're bringing in bad employees, you may be getting referrals to another bad employee. But if you're trying to target your best employees and those best employees refer 
people that are ideal fits for you, that's perfect. Um, we have to pay a lot of money to use recruiting services or to place ads or the cost of a bad hire. All those extra costs go into that. Well, if you can kind of narrow that pool down some to more of an ideal fit, even better. This episode of the One Step Better podcast is brought to you by Patrick Accounting. Do you need better insight into your business? Are you concerned about your tax strategy as you grow your small business? If you do, Patrick Accounting offers outsourced bookkeeping and accounting solutions for growth-minded business owners and entrepreneurs. Patrick Accounting is in your corner to help you make more money and keep more of it. Check out our website, patrickaccounting.com, to learn if we're the right team for your business. One of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of businesses make in their recruiting slash hiring efforts is that they're not always doing it. They, they see it as a spigot that they turn on when they need somebody and they turn off when they don't need somebody. Um, I think that's a big mistake because as yep. soon, you know, it's just, if a crisis happened in my life today, it's too late to develop a network of people that's going to help me through that. I needed to do that a year ago, five years ago, whatever. It's too late in the moment that you're in need to actually go and have the infrastructure built that is going to support that in the same way. The second that you realize, Hey, I need somebody today. It's too late to, to find that person. Not that you can't ever do that, but you're putting yourself in a bind with zero margin in your operations. When that happens, why do you think that most business owners, I would say most don't do what you're saying. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they don't always, why aren't they always recruiting? What, what kind of some of the limitations that cause that you know, problem? I, <laughs> I think a part of it is just not a lack of intentionality, um, a lack of forethought, um, or even sometimes just a hyper optimism of I'll be able to get the person whenever I need to get the person. You know, those are the more intangible things I think people think through and struggle with. And it's just, uh, you know, I'll push that off, push that off, push that off. Oh crap. It's here. Um, but also it's simply, you know, sometimes it's budget, you know, hiring is not, yeah. it's not cheap. It, I, I was thinking it was more budget. Cause I, I mean, I remember when the beginning, when I started this process, you know, when I've hired my first employee, second, I think we talked about this way back when, um, which was the idea of, man, I, I thought I could, uh, I thought I may be able to afford one employee, but I probably needed three, <laughs> three. Yeah. And I think we all get to that point. Like, okay, I don't want to waste any money. But the reality is training and develop employees takes a lot of time. There's a lot of runway in getting that right. You don't bat a thousand. So, hey, we have all the positions filled. That that overly optimistic problem that I always, I generally have this idea of everything's going to work out perfectly. Yeah. That's probably not reality. Um, we have been our most successful when we hired two when we needed one. And we're also our most successful when we're, we're not, we never turned that spigot off. When we turn the spigot off to turn it back on, there's a long delay and now you're behind the curve. But the reality is if you always were recruiting, you always have the opportunity for the next best employee you've right. ever hired. Um, I, you always use an example, kind of basketball or sports related yep. about that. Yep, recruiting. So think about like a NBA team or I'll use a college, it's probably more apropos. Like, so if you're Coach K or, uh, you know, if you're coaching a, a major college and, and you have, you had a wonderful recruiting season. I'll use Nick Saban as a perfect example. He's may have, he's got 85 scholarships to give. I'm pretty sure he never stops recruiting because he has 85 scholarships to give, but the next top five recruits are still going to get a scholarship if they're going to come to Alabama. Coach K has 12 
scholarships to give in basketball. If LeBron James was coming out, guess what? He now has an opening. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Your next best employee, your next best employee you've ever hired could be your next one. So don't turn your spigot off. If you, you always have a least performing employee, but you also have the, man, this works out great. That's awesome. I, I want to have a next LeBron James on my team. I always think through if, if you, you can trace back some of the most successful moments in your entire business operational lifestyle to people. Always. In some way, somehow, it's always a person. And if that next rock star came up when you didn't need them and you brought them on because you knew that they were going to be a rock star, that's going to be success for you uh, at some point, somewhere. Oh, and absolutely. most of the time, it's pretty quick. That's why we don't ever stop hiring. It's all, and, and I always find if we can narrow instead of broaden, but narrow that ideal recruit down a little bit, it makes the always hiring piece relatively easy. Because when we can say, I need somebody with this skill set, this talent, this experience, this character quality, whatever it is, and I can put some systems in place to look for that in my recruiting efforts, I know that if somebody makes it through those first maybe couple of layers of my system, they're worth looking at. Yep. And so I'm, it's when we say we're always re, always hiring or always recruiting, it's not that we are spending we're not always hours hiring. and hours in interviews. It's that our systems and processes are always turned on so that when that LeBron James who I don't let's say John Morant shows up <laughs> and it's a very clear, hey, we need that guy right now. Yeah. I mean I'd say I wouldn't say we're always hiring. We're always recruiting. Right? That that to me I would say what we could have done better that we haven't done as great as we wish we were. We probably have been more inbound marketing uh, anal you know, analogy towards an out versus outbound. I think what we need to improve upon our own self would be like, hey, we're going to go find more of the best yeah. people. Um, not that we haven't hired great people, but I think maybe the quantity we want to hire is not as good as it or as high as it could be because we haven't. We kind of been more passive than we probably should be. Um, yeah. I like that. So that's an area we can improve for sure. We gotta have, and it's a bigger picture, long term, you know, thought process. I'm not looking for a person that's going to come in and be a great employee for three months. I'm looking for an employee that's going to come in and be great for ten years. And now there is a level of that <laughs> that hyper hyper optimistic view that you know I talked about earlier that comes with that. But I would much rather default to I'm looking for that person that's going to be a five year employee than somebody who's going to come in and I'm not certain if they're going to make it. You know, six months, twelve months, um, mm -hmm. and it it changes. You know, is this somebody that I want to spend the next 2,000, 4,000, 8,000 hours with, or is this somebody who is going to grate on me and get on my nerves within the first, you know, 400 hours? Four, uh, four, four, four minutes, four, four, four minutes, four minutes. Yep. Yeah. And so I think it's important to understand. The only other thing I will correct you on is you mentioned Nick Saban. Let's just keep in mind that Jimbo Fisher at A&M does have the number one recruiting class by far in Truck the history of, of the world. Uh, Truckload of cash. Um, yeah. It's legal now. Uh, I guess Not against true. the rules. We'll see how long it lasts. Hey, one year doesn't make a program. It doesn't. <laughs> when he has a couple of those championship rings, we'll start talking some more. It doesn't. Um, I go back, you know, we go back to some of the industries we work with. Just, you know, we know this is not, you know, our world and a restaurant owner is a lot different. Yeah. They have a shift. They have to fill right then to cook. They also, you know, if you're in home care, it's, I've got this many people that need care tonight and I don't have enough people to serve them. What, 
What causes that to be the answer when, oh my gosh, I have no cook in the kitchen tonight. They've called in sick and I have no backup plan. Or I only have three servers and I need 10. What, what happened to get to that point? In those industries, there's always the balance of margins. And I think there's a, an overall fear of I can't have 40 people on payroll for a 20 person you know, need and overpay everything. And sometimes you can swing that pendulum to the point where I have 20 people on payroll for a 20 person need and you have zero margin for I got sick, I need to, you know, whatever it may be or somebody quits. Um, and so you have to find that healthy balance between I have enough people that are already in the door employees that can fill those shifts as well as some people on the bench that are coming up. Cause it, in those worlds, you know, I'm going to churn X amount of people. I, I remember talking with, with one, um, it was a home care company and they said, we have to an interview, not hire interview 20 people a week in order to hire the five people a week that we're going to need because of our turnover. You can, once you have that level of understanding of your business, then you can start to look just like a, from a, a sales and marketing standpoint, game. I know that I need to make X amount of job postings in order to get, you know, Y amount of candidates to get to the point where I can interview 20 people a week. Uh, and to the extent you don't do that and you're not constantly doing that, it's easy to find yourself in the situation of somebody called in sick or somebody quit and they're not showing up. And I have now I've got to, you know, if I'm the owner of a restaurant, I got to jump on the grill because yep. nobody showed up. I'm an owner. It is what it is. I'll say my only county caveat to that person who says, okay, I've got a 20 interviews to get to five hires. And let's say I'm flat. That means I'm churning five employees in that client's case. It's probably not even, you know, it's, half a percent of their employee for turnover is a week. So you figure that's 25% of their, of their employees are turning over a year. That's when I would start looking at improvements to, am I identifying the right type of people? So how can I be more successful on the actual hire itself? Yeah. What am I doing to train and develop people? I do hire once they are here so they don't want to leave. How do I provide a better experience or a better place for my people to work so they don't want to go look for their job? Am I not paying them enough? Am I not providing them that flexibility? Am I not treating them the way they should be treated? All those things go into that. But it starts with having a process to identify, and I'd say object, you know, make it more objective than subjective, your recruiting process of, I got to be intentional to recruit the number of people I need to have. I can't wait. The, I can't wait too long. The number one pushback I get from certain industries that uh, don't see value in trying to train up and develop employees and provide good culture is I just simply don't have time for it. It's number one pushback I get. I don't have, that's all, you know, pie in the sky, fluffy, just fills, you know, whatever. Um, and I don't have time for that because I got work to do. And it's just short-sighted. At some point, you're going to have to develop your team whether that is on the front end or in the recruiting process, whatever it may, you're gonna have to develop a system and teams around making this actually work. Yep. I think about the fast food world. I, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Chick-fil-A's was thinking turnover <laughs> is substantial, like almost three times better than McDonald's. And they sell the same thing. They do basically the same thing. They serve, they have quick food that you can go and get. Um, but how they treat their team and how they view these things has mattered. And in, in a world where employees are so valuable and they're hard to find and they're hard to recruit out of other companies, 
these little things like I'm going to care for my team. I'm going to develop my team. I'm going to train my team. I'm going to treat them like people and not just, you know, a, a, a widget that has to produce. They those have a, things they have a will rigid matter. hiring process. Yeah. And most fast foods don't. Most most fast food, a lot of times it's almost fog and mirror. And Chick-fil-A's hiring process is not like you would just think fill an application and get hired. No, they're going to make sure you're a fit for their team. But people want to work there. They don't leave. They don't turn over. Um, there's a progression path. They develop their people to do a, other life skills besides and just working fast food. And it's not because, hey, we may just pay a couple dollars an hour more. Because I'm, a lot I, of times. They do sometimes, but not always. Yeah. And, and so there's more there's more to hiring, especially if you're looking for service level service workers. It's more than just what's my hourly rate. Yep. Um, and and the way that that this used to be viewed 20 years ago, 10 years ago, is different yep. in today's world. And you have to adapt to that. Absolutely. I, I think you know we've talked about intentionality last week, and we'll talk about intentionality a lot. As an owner in any role you're in you decide how your business is going to operate. You decide what's going to matter. You decide what your decision you have to make as far as growth, hiring, culture, all those things matter, but it's up to you to lead the way you want it to be. The fact that I'm busy doesn't matter. Yeah. The fact that I've got a pile of work doesn't matter. The fact that we're understaffed doesn't matter. It's I let it get there. It's my job to fix it. Yep. Yep. You can either be the nail or you could be the hammer. Correct. And I would much rather be the hammer. That's a good point. Um, you know, I, my encouragement for our listeners is to just think through how they view the hiring process. We understand that it's difficult. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It is very difficult to find the right people and get them into a role and train them up. It is very difficult. Um, but how are you going to do that in a way that encourages uh, more people like the people that you're wanting to attract and hire to come to your organization? And at the same time, what are you doing to your existing employees to make sure that they're staying around? It's a two-sided coin. Um, Because if you can bring on, if you have a a good quality flow of candidates and you have a good quality training program for the team that you, you, your existing team that you have, um, you're going to have, you know, both sides kind of back um, uh, taken care of. And so I would encourage you to think through how you view that and and what you're, uh, what you're doing to make sure that you're, you're, you're doing that well. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day.